You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for the woman going through the menopause journey. I'm your host, Zora Benamou, a gerontologist, certified sports nutrition, menopause, and breathing coach. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan and the cookbook Eating for Longevity. And if you're a woman in perimenopause or postmenopause, check out the programs on hackmyage.com website to biohack and optimize your menopause experience because menopause is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So now please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review to help others find us too. This is a really important point because it costs nothing, but makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast from menopausal women to normalize this conversation about menopause and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. Do you care about how your skin looks and feels? Is it radiant? I mean, is it really, truly radiant? Well, if you want radiant skin, then you're going to love this conversation with Rachel Varga, who is a double board certified aesthetic nurse nurse specialist. And she's been in the game for a while with over 20,000 procedures performed under her belt. Plus, she's got a top-rated podcast, all dedicated to biohacking ourselves to to become more radiant, called, what else? The Rachel Varga Podcast. And Rachel trains plenty of other physicians and nurses, putting more radiant people out there to help us become even more radiant. And she is also a celebrity skin expert who has been featured by other big-time biohackers out there like Dave Asprey and JJ Virgin. Now, Rachel isn't just about the superficial stuff. She actually has taken a deep dive into research and has published five academic papers and is an executive board member and peer reviewer for the Plastic and Aesthetic Nursing Journal and a regular contributor to the Journal of Aesthetic Nursing. Now, Rachel is is so sought out in the world of aesthetics because she's one of the first to combine functional anti-aging techniques, biohacking, and modern medical aesthetics by teaching us how to tune into what the skin is really telling us about our internal health and what to do about it. And Rachel educates and she inspires women to enhance radiance by slowing cellular aging using her holistic science of beauty method at rachelvarga.ca. Now, I got a sneak peek into her work with a one-on-one session that blew my mind. And this woman is so much more than just the skin and what we see on the outside. I thought we were just going to talk about the products I use and how to treat my skin, but we talked about oxidative stress, air and water purification, detoxing, EMFs, sleep hygiene, toxicity in our environment, and just a ton of other things that went so much deeper than I expected. And I then learned that uh, Rachel has this really cool skin camp. Uh, She's got Derma Roller tutorials, her School of Radiance program, and her follow-up email. Oh my gosh, there's loads of organized information here. She writes all the notes for you and lots of guidance from her. So you'll probably want to get on one of those personalized sessions with her at the end of this talk, I guarantee you. So now without further ado, let's meet Rachel Varga. Welcome. Great to be here, Zora. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to discussing all things skin health and also what is this radiance concept and why we need to know about it for deep lasting beauty. 
So when you interviewed me on your podcast, your first question to me was, what does radiance mean to you? I was totally unprepared. <laughs> like, wow. But I want it to turn around and have your turn now. So what does radiance mean to you, Rachel? Yes, absolutely. And for those of you tuning in, when my interview with Zora comes out, it'll be on the newly rebranded The School of Radiance podcast. And because really, I've, I've been studying radiance in my clients for many years, since 2011. That's how long I've been in the industry offering medical aesthetic rejuvenation, teaching other doctors and nurses across the globe, researching all that stuff. There were a specific subset of clients of mine that would enter my treatment room and take a seat on my rejuvenation chair. And they just had this energy about them. And as a nurse, of course, I started to ask a couple of questions, which are the determinants of health. This is actually something I'm trained to do in order to determine a couple things, maybe in the background that can contribute to someone's overall wellness, some things that can contribute to accelerated aging or slowing aging. And I noticed with the subset of clients of mine, I barely had to do anything to them. They would heal faster and they needed fewer interventions. And one of the common things that they would say were, I just want to look as good as I feel. And then I started to take some notes out of their playbook. Well, what are they doing to feel so good and respond so quickly with fewer interventions needed than other people that I would see sit in the chair that you know, have their Apple watch buzzing all the time. They're frantic. They wear that busy badge of honor. When I would ask them how they are, they'd say, oh, I'm so busy. And there were these very specific, but also very much customized to what works for them in regards to their body, mind, spirit, energy practices. Most of them did a balance of cardiovascular training, strength and conditioning, and flexibility. For their mind, they do things that are creative, like art, music, games, exploring, traveling, which I know you love to do, Zora. Then for their spirit, they often have a spiritual type of practice, which is unique to them and their lineage and all sorts of things that play into that. And then their energy was just so beautiful. I loved being around them and just had to start taking notes out of their playbooks. So the body, mind, spirit, energy are four pieces of us. And then when I started to study Ayurveda, I came across a beautiful book. And it actually said that radiance in Ayurveda is the 10th body. Radiance is the electromagnetic projection of your other bodies functioning in a specific way. So with our body, mind, spirit, energy, and then, our, and then other facets to us, especially in Ayurveda, the quality of those operating systems essentially create an electromagnetic projection of you into the world. That's what radiance is. And I had started to study this without really knowing what I was studying. And this is, this is really key. So for those of you out there that you know, don't really want to do a lot of non-surgical rejuvenation, you just really want to focus on your health, you can become radiant and still have signs of aging while also slowing aging. And then of course, as a registered nurse and researcher, I started to think, well, we know that there's this thing called biohacking. And what can we do to biohack our skin in particular? And then I started to identify that there were five key elements that contribute to something called oxidative stress. Purification of our air, water, lighting, electromagnetics, and regular detoxification of yeast, fungi, parasites, heavy metals, and mold are key to slowing aging 
and actually allowing someone to go outside and not burn as fast, not have such a predisposition to thing like things like sunspots, age spots, laxity, acne, melasma. So when we focus on those foundations and then maybe add some skincare, maybe some rejuvenation, those will all help. But radiance is, is really the inner, the inner stuff. Oh, what a deep answer. It's, it's magnificent to hear you radiate what radiance is all about. And, and I think it gives people a little bit of a dis- different perspective. It's not just having glowing skin, right? <laughs> I, I feel like I hit the jackpot. I'm here to help people become beautiful and radiant. I mean, I must be doing things right in my life too. <laughs> you are. And then when they come out, they're so grateful. So I, 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 I think they learn a lot more than just skin when they're working with you. And your podcast also reflects this as well. So- this episode is sponsored by Oxford HealthSpan, the creators of my favorite supplement, Primadine. I admit it, I am a total supplement junkie, but if I had to choose only one, it would be this one. And it's because primidine is spermidine, and this is shown to activate autophagy, which is super important. Now, this is a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. So as we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and waste, which isn't good for our cells, our health, nor our longevity. So we need to clean it up. And if you want the research on this, go to OxfordHealthSpan.com and you can see all of it, showing how spermidine supports our brain, our hormones, and our heart health. And another great side effect is stronger hair, skin, and nails, but also longer eyelashes. But You know, the real important reason why I love Primadine is because I have never, ever received as much feedback on a product I recommended as I have with Primadine. Literally every week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And most of the time, it's about improved sleep. And even some of you told me it's reversed a bit of your gray hair too. So I find that totally amazing. So I can honestly say with 100% certainty that Primadine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on OxfordHealthSpan.com. Just be sure to get back to me with your results too. Now enjoy the show. With the women that you're working with in the age of perimenopause and making this transition to menopause, what are some of the issues that you're seeing with their skin? So when we think about perimenopause, what's happening? We're starting to see some shifts in hormones like estrogen. And when we get this drop-off of estrogen, we also have a drop-off of things like collagen and elastin in the skin. So what I hear about clients what their main complaints are between the ages of 37, I would say to 42, they feel like they've aged overnight. And this is from hormones. However, when I look at it from the angle of beauty and radiance, oxidative stress, and also relationships, you know, someone living their purpose, all of these things can really actually help behind the scenes to allow that transition to be smoother. So being Radiant allows for more graceful transitions in our lives, but we do have to have a know-how around this, right? So always reducing your oxidative stress at every turn, making good choices in the highest for you at every turn, 
will really set you up for success. So that's what I hear in my perimenopause clients is this aging overnight, essentially. But what are they, are they seeing sagginess or wrinkles, age spots, a little more hair around the chin, or what is it that they're, what's like their biggest, like the number one and two biggest complaint that they'll have? Yeah. So they say, I feel like I've aged overnight. And then when we dive a little bit deeper, yes, the formation of more fine lines and wrinkles. So the eyes are actually one of the first, they are the first area of the face to show signs of aging. And I have a research article on this at the school of radiance.com slash research. Highly recommend you read that as well as my oxidative stress paper. I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. So I would say starting to observe some laxity to the eyelids with crow's feet, starting to maybe see that hooding, maybe some changes to the lower eyelid as well, as well as things like a bit more pigmentation can pop up, right? So with melasma, that can be a presentation of hormones starting to shift as well as oxidative stress becoming a little bit increased, and maybe even some adult acne. I've had some people say that acne is a sign of youthfulness, but I would extend that to, if you do get a breakout, okay, how long does it last? Do you get that active inflammation for three days? And then does that redness go away about three days later? That's a really good sign that your oxidative stress status is lowered. And if you have that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, that redness that persists for months, there are some things to do behind the scenes with your lifestyle, maybe some rejuvenation. So what people often see in perimenopause is first of all, changing to their eyelids, as well as yes, that loss of collagen and elastin will give that sort of initial sign of laxity starting to happen, especially around the mouth and the jawline, and even changes in the submental area under the neck too. Yeah, the jowls. We can talk about the jowls and what, what they are exactly. Yeah, I'm just put, 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 lifting my jowls a little bit you know, as we speak. You mentioned that the loss of hormones, we're talking about sex hormones, uh, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, I'm not sure which ones you're, but I'm guessing you're specifically talking about those and that contributes to some of these, these issues that we're seeing. So my question then, would you would you recommend, would, do you think bioidentical hormones would help maintain the youthful radiant skin? I would say, yeah, I would say a cookie cutter answer for everyone is never the way to go. So when I think about my mother, she developed estrogen receptive breast cancer, but she was also a night nurse. She weighed 210 pounds. So seeing her lose that weight when I was in my teens, essentially following a, a ketogenic diet, really low carbohydrate, improving her exercise, but her lifestyle is really what made her more susceptible to something like breast cancer. But before that diagnosis, she did go on HRT. And for her, it w- wasn't really the best thing. Sure, it might have helped with her symptoms. So you never can really say that one thing is going to be great for everybody. Because I have loads of clients who are on HRT and they're like, I'm a new woman again. <laughs> <laughs> so it really just depends. And I, I would say it also depends on the practitioner that you're working with as well, and the quality of the bioidentical hormones. Uh, because in my research, not every compounding pharmacy that's making it is making it to the same level as well. So there's going to be variations in the quality of the products that's then extended. And no, this is not medical advice. This is educational information only. Think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. So I've seen both sides. Someone like my mom, who is 
um, estrogen dominant, didn't do well with HRT. But I would say if she had adjusted her lifestyle, would she have had the same outcome? Probably not. So I would say when we're thinking about hormones, instead of going to one answer, we want to look at all of the other facets too. So say, for example, your liver is overburdened, your liver is responsible for detoxification, as well as for hormone metabolism. So if you're drinking more alcohol than you should, or you have liver flukes in your parasite, maybe address those first, as opposed to something else that might, you know, create an improvement initially, but you do always want to get to the root cause. But like I said, I do have loads of clients, women that I've engaged with that it really has helped them. Absolutely. Hormone replacement therapy, bioidentical. Do you notice any difference or do they notice any difference in their skin when they go on the bioidentical? Yes. I know people can feel good or there's some, you know, of course, when your menopausal symptoms go away, if your hot flashes go away or night sweats, then of course you're sleeping better. And of course you sleep better than you have better skin, but I'm wondering, do they, do they mention that as well? Yeah, they know they mention more hydration. So obviously not just topically on the skin, but also internally down there, mm-hmm. as well as more plumpness to the skin. So there are some interesting things with topical creams onto the face with estrogen, I do need to do a little bit more research onto that too. But I'm always of the position focus on the foundations work first. And if you then need that support, if you're feeling intuitively that that's something that could help you and you have a great practitioner to support you along the way, right, Sara, then this could be that, that option that can really help. So with perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause, it's just having an awareness that for women, we do need to place more emphasis on supporting the body during this transition. And that's why I'm so happy to hear about these various women's summits and podcasts and online education and, and people like yourself, Sora, who are helping women during this time, because this is really only something we're seeing become more mainstream and easily accessible now over just the last five, 10 years, really. I'm really glad you mentioned a couple of times getting the foundation right. Uh, because too much in this biohacking world, uh, people come to us and say, I want to take that supplement or that cream or the hormones or whatever it is, peptides for the quick fix. But in fact, in my experience, these practices don't work as well or at all if you don't have this foundation. And I always say that you can't out-hack a bad diet and lifestyle with with hormones, right? I mean, it can certainly help, it can support, and but it works so much better when you have the right uh, appropriate nutrition and, and amounts of exercise. And, and for our age, and I'm talking to the menopausal woman going through this transition now, and you have the proper sleep and the stress management, and then all the things that you mentioned as well, in terms of reducing oxidative stress through the detoxing or reducing the EMFs and the air purification, the water purification, like all of this is just so magical that anything you do after that, you may even not need it, or you just you know, it'll be supercharged. So thank you for, for talking about that because it is so fundamental. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Hack My Age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. 
One thing I want to talk about as well is that you mentioned that when we have issues with our skin, it may be that our body's trying to tell us something, tell us something about our health. So what, what are some of these signs and how do you think, you know, if you can give a couple of examples of how maybe certain breakout or certain wrinkles or things that you're seeing in this age category, and what do you think it is about their health that's, they're trying to be noticed? Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely should talk about toxins in skincare that have hormone dysregulating ingredients because they're absolutely everywhere, including probably most of the sunscreens you listening are using. We'll definitely talk about that. Love that you brought up the biohacking basics. People typically go straight to red light when they think biohacking. But the reason I wrote this research paper is to really bring it back to basics. And the more pure you are, and you're doing the work with using air purifiers, water purification, you're reducing your exposure to EMFs, you're, you're reducing your exposure to LEDs, as well as regular detoxing. What this is going to do is it's going to allow your systems to be operating much better. And then when things creep up, like skin issues, so say, for example, skin dryness, skin redness, oh, you're noticing you're going outside and burning a little bit faster than you were, or hyperpigmentation, sunspots, age spots, melasma starts to creep up, you know, dryness, as well as itching to the skin, irritation to the scalp. These are all signs that something's a little bit awry. So say, for example, over the last couple of days, yes, I might've had a few more cocktails than I usually do because I barely drink. However, I just finished my audible recorded that in a day and a half. It felt like I just gave birth, you know, writing that book <laughs> and then audible. It's like, I'm going to celebrate because I'm all about celebrating and living in moderation. However, because I'm so tuned into my systems, when I do have a little more alcohol than I use, than I'm used to, or I do have a little extra treat. I actually, what my body will tell me is a little bit of irritation, itchiness to the scalp. Or if I'm under high levels of stress, I might get the odd little breakout on my back or a breakout on the face. So as long as you know what your signals are, as soon as you start to notice those, because that from eating certain foods, saying going out to restaurants, getting a little bit more exposure to things like rancid seed oils, and you know, you're not eating as organic as you typically would at home your body will let you know that, oh my goodness, your body is used to running so pure that you have this. And it also comes down to if your system can handle it or not. So that's why I look at oxidative stress like a toxic bucket. If you keep your toxic bucket as empty as possible, sure, maybe you could handle doing some rejuvenation. Sure, you could handle that cocktail or you know that extra treat to celebrate something fantastic that's just happened in your life. But if that toxic bucket's a little full, it's going to tip over and you're going to see evidence of that in your skin. So I would say any type of skin lesion that pops up, any type of irritation, not just to the skin that we see, but also on the scalp, those are signs that your oxidative stress has been raised and you really need to get back to your routine of sticking with clean foods, clean skincare products, and continuing to keep that stress down. And also look at things like boundaries, your relationships, being quiet, meditating, doing your spiritual practices, all of those things help body, mind, spirit, energy. So it's just what you put on your skin. It's not just what you eat, but it's also the other things that contribute to making us the beautiful radiant humans that we are. 
Great. Oh, it's so you you put everything in such a beautiful package and of understanding. Let's open up a little bit this package because we talk a lot about you know taking taking care of ourselves. Let's say, but let's get a little more specific. So let's talk about the we name this podcast um, with keywords such as dry skin, wrinkles, and age spots. So let's start with the dry skin. What is your one top tip to hydrate dry skin during this menopause transition? Absolutely. Well, I mean, to be totally transparent with you, most of my clients over the years have been decades older than I am. So here I was this young 25 year old nurse on Vancouver Island. I had people coming to fly and see me from, I'm not saying this to brag, but just kind of setting the stage for what, what started to happen here. France, Germany, Dubai, New York, Los Angeles. I'm like, what? people flying to see me. Well, you know, what's so different about my approach and what it was that it took me a while to identify was I really took the time to talk about skin foundations. And the reason why is when a client first came to see me in the clinic, I would take their before photos. Then I'd get them started on a foundational skincare routine, which is quite simple, actually cleansing AM and PM with the double cleanse in the PM, moisturizing, sun protection, exfoliation, and maybe some type of at-home mask or peel or retinol. And then two weeks later, I take their, their next set of photos, say when I would do some type of rejuvenation for them. And in that two weeks of them just being on a basic skincare routine, they would say things like, oh, my skin isn't as dry and sensitive as it used to be. And then we'd look at the photos and the skin would look more glassy, it would look more dewy, it didn't look as red. So when you give your skin what it wants and you care for your skin in the way that it wants to be cared for with products that are also customized to your needs that are free of specific toxins that are hormone dysregulators. I started, I saw the clinical evidence. And for me as a researcher, I I observe things and I look for signals and things like that in, in the data sets. And so that's when I noticed that you can get these improvements with dry skin and sensitive skin very quickly. And for those that complain of dry, sensitive red skin, it's typically because they found, you know, somebody on YouTube that told them to only wash their face once a day, right? Whoever started to say that, not good. But you'll still hear a lot of this information from other qualified practitioners online, let's just say that. So there's a lot of okay free information out there, but there's a lot of really bad free information out there. So that concept of only cleansing the skin once a day was one of those key aspects. I would just also observe this across the board. Clients that would come to see me either in the clinic or online, because there were clients across the globe, have done so since 2017, before anybody knew what Zoom was too. I always kind of see things before they happen. I would ask them, what does your skincare routine look like? And I I pretty much know what they were going to say. You know, I wash my face once a day. I use an oil cleanser. Um, I don't exfoliate. I don't wear sunscreen. So I was like, boom, there's our answer. You're not cleansing enough. And what I found in my research was if you're not cleansing the skin, if you're just splashing with water, what happens is the keratinocyte stem cells actually die faster. So as we age, the skin cell cycle slows down from about 30 days to much longer than that. And then in the superficial layer of the skin, the stratum corneum, it looks like stacked cornflakes. So when we have things like debris from the air, which is how we get most of our heavy metal exposure, actually, as well as mold, cosmetic creams and makeup jammed up in the stratum corneum, the skin can't breathe. 
And then those toxins form oxidative stress and free radicals on the skin and tell the keratinocyte stem cells to die faster, creates a response called apoptosis. So what do we do about that? Cleanse in the AM, actually with your cleanser, not splashing with water, rinse off thoroughly, and in the PM, do a double cleanse. So your first cleanse is removing the dirt, debris from the air, cosmetic creams, makeup, and then the double cleanse is actually washing the skin. So rinsing those off, you've ever, if you've ever heard the saying, washing off the energy of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. there's that too, right? When you're around a lot of people, you want to cleanse your energy afterwards, uh, but also literally just cleansing the skin. That is a huge root cause of dry skin that I've seen over the years is that repeating habit of not cleansing enough. It makes me think about, I think the person who started that don't cleanse your face so much was the same person who talked about not washing your hair so much because you wanted to produce your own natural oils. So I don't know if the hair is the same, if that's true one, and if it's the same for the skin as it is for the hair. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean here. Okay. Maybe that could have been the case a long time ago, right? Hundreds of years ago, before we have all of these heavy metals, um, aluminum in the air, things like that. Maybe that could have been the case. However, now our environments are more toxic than ever. And I have some statistics to prove this. So in my oxidative stress status paper, I reference a Canadian research statistic. So I love to look at what's going on, right? So death of unknown cause doubled in Canada, doubled from 2019 to 2020. Respiratory disease, you know, other things had their own category. This one doubled when in previous years it remained consistent. So as a researcher, I think to myself, what's going on? This is an absolute signal. So this is basically someone dying before they've had a diagnosis. So before they see a specialist or it's in the category of autoimmune. And I had further confirmation from the, the, the publishing organization on this. So I think now we are living in the world, but we don't want to really live of the world, right? But we still have to navigate knowing that we do live in a world that's a little bit more toxic. So a couple hundred years ago, could we have been able to get away with not washing our skin as frequently? I think so. However, now knowing what we know is in the air, how it impacts the skin and what I research in my article, it's pretty conclusive, not to mention with my clinical experience, seeing this common trend in people that were just using oil cleansers, they weren't cleansing their skin enough, like rinsing off their cleanser, and we're only cleansing once a day, dry skin, sensitive skin, red skin across the board, a few skin foundational steps, two weeks, we already see a difference. So that was pretty clear to me. And then for the scalp, I have very thick, fine, curly hair. If I don't wash my hair frequently enough, my scalp can't breathe properly. So we get um, basically sebum and, and dead skin, right? That's stratum corneum. It can, if you don't cleanse the skin on the scalp enough, because the scalp is an extension of your skin, your follicles can't breathe. So I have this whole other protocol that I teach in my skin tutorials on actually doing scalp exfoliation and hair growth, uh, stimulating things at home that actually are dirt cheap. They're like $14 products. Wow. Oh my gosh, I'm in. (laughs) Count me in. I haven't seen that one yet. That's amazing. Okay. So then I think the message we got here, if you want more hydrated skin, you cleanse in the morning and double cleanse at night. What if we have the person, it's typical human beings, we go, oh, well, if that's good for me, then the more the better. Can you over wash your skin and then 
dried out? You can do anything too much. Any, you know, too much of a good thing, doing too much biohacking and getting crazy about it, right? Looking at your stats too often, that's, you're going to get addicted to that dopamine hit. That's why I actually don't even wear any trackers anymore. Because number one, I don't want to have anything over my pulse point, right? TCM, hello, that's your heart meridian. That's how it tracks your heart rate. You know, even just constantly looking at a data set on your wrist, I don't think it's good for you. Your partner, if you're listening to this, probably drives them nuts because you're having a conversation with them and boom, you get a notification. You just got a hit, right? You're immediately out of the present moment in your conversation. So this is a great way to lose friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm checking out my, st- <laughs> my gadgets. Oh, well, you always, yeah. Bring something new in my life that, yeah. Yeah. So too much of a good thing is not going to be a good thing. So, but you have to use the right cleanser too, right? Depending on what someone's skin needs are, if they're, if yes, they have sensitive skin, then sure. I'll want to get them using a, a, an appropriate cleanser. But the other thing is you have to moisturize the skin afterwards. And with a really well-made moisturizer. So I work with more practitioner grade products. So basically these companies, you've probably never even heard of most of them because they're not heavily marketed. These companies, and yes, I am creating my own many years in the making. I've just made this incredible cleanser. I'm going to be pre-selling it. Not exactly sure when this is out, but it is fantastic. Takes off your waterproof makeup. It rinses easily. A lot of cleansers, they're kind of hard to rinse off. And just another tip with cleansing, I recommend doing your cleansing and gentle exfoliation, which we can talk about exfoliants too, uh, what to use and what to not use. Um, you need, you do want to rinse it off appropriately. So bath or shower is going to be the best way to do that because, you know, washing your face over the sink, you're going to be having a little bit of a water fight. Mm, yeah. That's always what <laughs> On happens. Your and then you'll, you'll get a better cleanse, cleanse with that running water too. So the moisturizer component here, here's where we can get a little bit sophisticated, right? So you'll see in a heavily marketed product, oh, it has hyaluronic acid, it has vitamin C. It has vitamin E and all these other great things. However, what matters is if those antioxidants are kept stable, because if they're not, they will become an oxidant on the skin. So this is where the final formulation, the study, the research and development on the final formulation really comes into play. Not just something that's marketed to say, have these five hero ingredients. So you can look at your moisturizer like a multivitamin for the skin got to take those supplements, antioxidants, omega, collagen, regular detoxing, and lots of other things that I take. Uh, But definitely actually topically nourishing the skin with the moisturizer is very key to maintain the skin barrier too. And then there also comes the question, well, can we make our own products? I recommend making your own products for the body. But when it comes to the face, neck, chest, the high real estate areas, there are some great products on the market that I offer as well as that I'm creating. Um, because I do see a lot of skincare brands, sure, they have those great ingredients, sure, they could be free of parabens and all this stuff, but they could be cleaner and they could be better. And you could end up using about a third less of how much you're using and be at a better price point too. So these are all things I take into consideration with skincare. One thing you mentioned to me in our consultation, I think is really important to say is that there are products out there that you've completely looked at every single ingredient because before you actually put something in your shop or recommend it to somebody, you really take a deep dive on what is in there and you understand ingredients really well. Then what happens is that perhaps several years later, the company changes the formula and then you have to go and relook at it, everything. And maybe it's not as 
uh, I don't like the word clean, but you know, there must be something else. It's less toxic. Uh, it's not as toxic. I mean, it's a bit more toxic than it was uh, before. So I think uh, that's a really important point to make is that just because we find something that's great, we sometimes have to go and look at the ingredients again, or or we just go to you and go, okay, you did all the work. <laughs> you have your own product, which I'm really excited about because once you get your own product, I, I believe you're not going to change the formulation for the worse. If anything, it'd be for the better. So that was a point I really wanted to bring up. Yeah, a great point. The other thing here is because I work with clients across the globe and I like to see what products they're using every now and again, I actually find a product that I want to work with, believe it or not. So I'm very open to new products as well. Uh, coming into my awareness always happens when you're living radiantly, the right people, the right way, the right time to show up. This is, this is a beautiful thing of being a radiant human. So here's what we need to know. Big beauty, a lot of times is owned by these other companies too, right? Like big food, all this stuff. So then we also need to consider these heavily marketed beauty products. What happens to the formulations over time? Well, they typically get sold and bought. This is every entrepreneur's dream. You have your exit strategy. And then that formulation shift. I've seen that in a number of big brands over this year. And even one product that I see some of my colleagues in the health influencer space, you know, praising, I saw canola oil in, in a consultation about six months ago. So this is an example of how some of these big companies end up reformulating and start using really cheap ingredients that come from big food too, because they probably own both. And so I'm always scouring ingredients. So I sell 250 products. Every quarter, I go through the ingredients of everything. It takes about five days. <laughs> so for me to sell my own, oh my gosh, what a time saver. Uh, and then I know that things aren't being uh, reformulated without my knowing. But even with medical grade, practitioner grade products, this can happen. So actually what I do now even if I need to restock, replenish my, my warehouse, even now, every time I order, I'm doing that same process. So here's also what we need to know is we want the product to work. So I blend the best of both worlds, performance and as clean as possible while still ensuring that those actives are stable. So I love to meet the needs of my clients. You know, I got called granola the other day, which I was kind of happy to hear. <laughs> So depending on what my clients' needs are, their values, their preferences, if they're on a detox protocol, they really need to avoid certain things. I have options for everybody. So we want it to be clean, but we also want it to perform. You can use super clean products, but they might not perform, right? So that's kind of where I come in to save you 10,000 hours and $10,000. 10,000 hours and $10,000. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, we only have three minutes left. So we're going to do, because I know you have a, a meeting. So quick fire. What is the most effective treatment for wrinkles? I know you don't have time to explain. Oh gosh, it's always going to be a multifaceted approach. Start with your skin foundations, cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen, scrub. Start to incorporate things like retinols, peels, do dermal rolling at home. And then of course, there's many in-clinic rejuvenation options like lasers, um, non-surgical options too, sometimes surgical options. So it just depends on someone's comfort level, their budget, their lifestyle. But in my research algorithms, I always recommend starting from least invasive to most invasive. Cool. Okay. And they can get more information on your website. And the last one, fading age spots. What's most effective? Yes. Reducing your oxidative stress status. There is a company of a product that you'll find on my store and book a consult with me. I have one right after this actually. Uh, but I did a study and this is a, a really great product. 
They've been making nutraceuticals for 18 years. I'm not going to say the, the name of it. So it's free advertising for them. But it did fade pigmentation in everyone that I looked at, as well as another surgeon on the other side of the country did the study concurrently. And pigmentation, redness, darkness and puffiness around the eyes, as well as some fine lines and wrinkles faded in as little as four weeks. So this is why antioxidants, omegas, collagen, getting your oxidative stress out as slow as possible is really important because if you're doing that, your pigmentation will actually start to fade. And this is something I love to teach is to do the heavy lifting at home first and then the rejuvenation options for what's left over. All right. I'm going to have to stop and shut my mouth. I have already like 10 more questions left, but we'll have to do a part two. Before, before I let you go, I want people to know where they can find you and what they can have as well. You're on Facebook, YouTube, the website, Instagram. I'll have links to all this in the show notes, but usually you're Rachel, Rachel, Rachel Varga official or rachelvarga.ca. Yeah. And then the website, I have lots of free stuff for you. Head on over to the school of Everything's there. Use promo code Zora for 15% off of your one-on-one Yay. and then yeah, I'll help you out from there as well as feel free to send me an email info at the school of I'll help you out. There's a number of ways that I can support you on your journey to becoming your most beautiful radiant self. Oh, great. I'll have links to that. Thank you so much. It's so sweet. And your podcast is now being rebranded as the radiant the school of radiance. Yes. The school, the school of radiance. The school of radiance. Okay. Yeah, so so the school of radiance podcast, the school of radiance.com all easy. I simplified. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And before I let you go, any last words for a woman going through the menopause transition? Just be easy on yourself. Give yourself the grace and ease to feel all the changes, go through the emotional shifts. However, what I do find about my more mature clients, I love to learn from them. And these things like boundaries come up and knowing when to say no and reserve your energy. When we enter these more mature stages of our lives, if you are more clear, your intuition is just going to skyrocket. You've loved, you've lost, you've learned. And so this is a really beautiful time. And actually my most radiant clients are men and women aged 60 to 90. I have seen the most vibrant women in my life aged 70 to actually 74. And I talk about them um, in my upcoming Audible, Radiance, the new skin science. Just head on over to School of Radiance book. You'll find it there. And, uh, you know, aging isn't something to fear. There's a lot of great things that can come with it. It's being in a more positive emotional state that will set you up for success. Yes, the body's going to change. Yes, you might feel more pain, might be a little bit slower, but you got that wisdom. You have more going on upstairs now, but keeping that oxidative stress low is going to allow you to be able to tune in and just have the best relationships of your life. This is a time to shine. The kids moved on. You have more time to care for yourself, cultivate your community. So that's really what beauty does is when the, what is the why behind beauty is to cultivate confidence so that you can cultivate your community. Community is a deep-rooted survival need. We're all stronger together. And I look forward to connecting with so many of you that have tuned into the show here today. Thank you, Zara. Oh, what great parting words. Thank you so much, Rachel. And we'll definitely see you again. Absolutely. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring.
statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.